Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn. Uh, Recently, uh, I saw this great quote. It said, I am where I am by the choices I have made or allowed others to make for me by Linda Tupin. And uh, as I saw that quote and I thought, you know, I'm not familiar with that name. I started doing a little research and found that Linda has a YouTube channel and a podcast called Common Sense Choices that I highly recommend and has over 20,000 followers on Facebook. So I scheduled coffee recently with Linda and heard just an incredible life story for a country girl raised on a dairy farm in Williamsburg, Kentucky, and that with faith, family, friends, and hard work has achieved international influence. Uh, including a talk that she did on choices a few years ago that had over 2 million uh, people listen to this. Uh, She's been an educator, a national sales director, a motivational speaker, a mom, a grandmother, and even sings in the choir at her church. So, Linda, I'm just kind of tired reading all that. I'm exhausted, but thanks for having enough energy to come here and be a guest with us on Hope is Here. Well, thank you for inviting me. It is my pleasure and honor to be a part of something that is clearly making a positive difference in so many people's lives. As I've reviewed your your own Facebook page and your own podcast and listened to many of your recordings, I just was filled with uh, the Holy Spirit, just really spoke to me and thought, wow, what a gift you are giving to people out here in Central Kentucky. Well, I appreciate that so much. Uh, We've been blessed here, and I know you're going to be a blessing as we do give that hope message. Uh, You know, we're here mid-January already, and 2023 starts, and people set goals, resolutions. They have hope for this to be a great year, and yet I know some people already got discouraged because this, you know, maybe life's kind of already hit some detours, some challenges. Uh, But when we recently met, you and I were talking about to have hope, uh, man, really just got to start with just simply getting our life in order, don't we? Absolutely. You know, God gives us free will, and free will is nothing more, nothing less than choices. We, we make them, 35,000 of them a day, they say. And most of them seem insignificant, but they do accumulate. So those little bitty choices that you may think, oh, that doesn't really make a difference. It does when you do it day in and day out. But there's so much power in that to know that, wow, I have free will. And I can, at any moment, think a new thought take action on the new thought and change my life forever. And consequently, you'll give hope to other people because you become a bright shining light and an example when you do something brave and courageous like make a new choice. Well, when we had met, you shared that statistic with me, over 35,000 choices a day. So uh, something sometimes just maybe the wise thing to do is just to kind of sit back and look at the choices we make, right? Oh, ab- absolutely. I think, you know, I think that term uh, self-awareness is a little bit overused, but just being aware and stopping and saying, why did I choose to turn on the radio today? And I chose to continue to listen to this where I could have turned it off or I could have chosen something else and just stopping yourself in habits. Uh, Habits are formed. All our thoughts are formed since birth. And we can change our thoughts. When people say, ah, that's just the way I am. Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) (laughs) You you weren't born that way. (laughs) You can change a thought by, by changing a habit. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth as we go along. Absolutely. It's going to be really, really good stuff. Uh, talk to us about, I mean, you grew up on a dairy farm. You're very feminine, but man, I mean, you were sharing the stories with me about growing up on a dairy farm in southeast Kentucky at Williamsburg. Share a little bit what that's like. 
Well, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out to my family. My maiden name is Chestnut, Linda Chestnut, and I have three brothers. My brother Tom Chestnut lives out in Lancaster. He has a construction company. Many of you who are listening may see his trucks around town. And then I have a brother, James Chestnut, uh, who also uh, works for the State Department. He has a lawn mowing uh, repair business down in London, Kentucky. And I have a brother, Glenn Chestnut, who has London uh, liquidators. And so they're all businessmen. They are all uh, very godly men, many of them deacons in their church. And then I'm fortunate enough that my parents, uh, uh, Robert and Joyce Chestnut, live in London, Kentucky, in the same home that my daddy was born in, in the Great Depression. So I'm very fortunate to still have them with me. But yes, we had a dairy farm in London, Kentucky, up until I was in I think the eighth grade, and then we rebuilt that down in Williamsburg on Redbird Road. And near Cumberland College, many of you know that. And I am a graduate of Whitley County High School and then became a student at Eastern Kentucky University where I got my bachelor's in education, home ec. I was a big 4-H'er. <laughs> I thought, well, if I can do a 4-H demonstration, I probably can teach school. And then I... Um, uh, ended up marrying and moving to southern Indiana, and, and, and the story goes on from there. Well, I love that, you know, you, you talked to me about, uh, you know, when you're farming, unlike some occupations, which, um, you know, even as a child, though, you were learning a good work ethic because uh, farming, uh, you don't get many days off, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, I have this philosophy that really has has really guided my life, and it was part of my upbringing. People are either raised in a traditional home where their parents go out and work for other people, or they're raised in an entrepreneurial home where people's parents work for themselves. And that really does affect how you view the world a lot. One is not better than the other. They're just very different. And so milking cows is something that you always have to do at a certain time every day. And you just don't call your next door neighbor and say, hey, I don't feel kind of good today. So what ended up happening is for 18 years until I went to EKU, I never saw one day where my parents did not show up for work. Even when they were sick, we still all had to get out of bed at 6 a.m., 6 p.m. We had to milk the cows at the same time every single day. And that work, uh, milking the cow mentality served me well. But there's a lot of listeners out there today who were raised with a strong work ethic. And of course, we want everyone to have a strong work ethic, but it really did make a difference in my entrepreneurial lifestyle that I live today and being very, very successful in owning my own company. Um, I do accredit a lot of that to that work ethic. And then being in 4-H taught me to win, um, to have grit, to have fire, <laughs> to set goals. And uh, again, our listeners, many of you were involved in 4-H or FFA or Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, or maybe sports. Those are all wonderful things for children to be involved in because they have lifelong repercussions. Well, one of the things I thought about is you're sharing there. Uh, uh, one of the things I learned through being assistant basketball coach at Western um, back in the 90s, uh, our head coach, we, he would talk about fighting through fatigue. And fatigue sometimes, it's not just physical. Uh, it's really almost more mental than physical, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And, you know, I, I remember at college meeting the first person who did not go to class because she was having a crisis 
okay? In her mind, whatever had happened to her was so big in her mind that she couldn't get dressed to go to class. That was such a foreign concept to me because we had to push through everything. When people died in our family, we milked cows in the morning, we changed clothes, put on our church clothes, we buried those people, then we came back, put our work clothes back on, and then we went back to work. That doesn't mean we didn't grieve. We had to grieve while we worked. I know now as an adult how healthy that was, that we had to push through that mental fatigue, as you just said, and and keep on going. And it really helped us work through the grief process, I think, faster. And that has stayed with me, you know, obviously for the rest of my life. Well, and the reason I wanted to talk about that a little bit and expand on like we did was because I think a lot of times, you know, we feel like we maybe can't Press through something, and I'm going to remind you that you know God wants to help you. Philippians 4:13 says, "I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." Uh, Romans 8:37 says, "We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus." And so, for somebody listening today, maybe you need to press through an area that you just you're hurting, but. Um, you know, if you stay where you're at, you're not going to be able to move forward like I talked about on our first three programs this week. And uh, I hope that you'll hear from Linda, hearing it from a fresh voice and somebody that's pressed through uh, a lot of challenges and hard work and things that God will help you and meet you where you're at. And uh, have you found that in your life, Linda? Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, I think prayer is such an important part of our lives. And I am by nature, uh, the way God made me to be a very strong independent person firstborn you know firstborn children can do it better than everybody else <laughs> some of you are laughing right now i'm, I'm a firstborn so okay. i'm like oh, wow you you're either, totally calling me out <laughs> or you either have a firstborn or in your life or you're the firstborn and so what we have to be careful of is is uh for me personally, is praying for discernment and wisdom in my choices uh, because I'm going to make a lot of them and I'm going to make them with a lot of confidence, sometimes maybe unwarranted. And I have to step back sometimes and say, you know, God, am I making the choice because of me or because it's the best choice? Is it is it guided by you? So, <laughs> Well, and the cool thing is, though, you know, sometimes we, we make mistakes. We thought it was the right decision or best decision, but, you know, God's grace covers that too, right? Ab- ab- absolutely. And uh, you you do not learn anything by winning. You only learn by failing. I've said that a million times in my sales career. Like if if you're always at the top of your game, you're not learning a thing. But man, when you get knocked down, when you get defeated at whatever you're attempting to do, that is when you lick your wounds, analyze your strategy, figure out what you did wrong, what you need to do differently next time. That doesn't mean, I, I, I do have a little bit of an angst with people say, oh, well, I failed at that. And so God just told me I wasn't supposed to do it. I'm like, mm maybe God said you were supposed to analyze that and figure out how to get better at that and how to improve. So anyway, so. Oh, well, I totally relate to that. I know we both really like John Maxwell, and uh, he's been teaching leadership principles for over 30 years. He started out as a pastor, and he saw so many people that were coming to him from the business field, and so he left the uh, ministry world. Thank goodness that he did, and started teaching kind of like biblical principles that you can apply in the business world. And uh, he wrote a book a few years ago that said, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Whereas, you know, you usually think sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But what I hear you saying is just because you, quote, lose, you're not really losing if you learn, right? Well, exactly. I mean, uh, I have a, a 
an eight-year-old and a six-year-old granddaughter, and my eight-year-old is kind of in charge of the universe, okay? (laughs) All right, total firstborn. And even when she was two years old, we would have these conversations in the car because she expected perfection from herself. And I know that we probably have a lot of listeners today who they really battle that. I think that's not a good thing. Perfectionism is not a good thing. And, and, uh, And I would have to constantly say to her, even at two years old, failing is not a bad thing. It's it's a good thing. If you see it as a good thing, like, okay, I did not do that right. Maybe I need to get different advice. Maybe I need to try it different. Maybe I need to listen to different people. So I think it's a good thing. It's, it's where you learn. Well, absolutely. So encouraging somebody listening today, hey, step out. Step out in faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, you know, one of the things, Linda, you talked about, uh, you gave this great analogy about when we're changing our choices, uh, sometimes it can be even simply such a, even what we watch on TV, right? Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, our, our choices really determine absolutely everything in our life. And um we have to ask ourselves, if we're going to change our life, how do we change our life? Well, you have to change your environment. And that environment is the people that you hang around. It's the uh, influences that you allow. Which radio station do you listen to? What music do you listen to? What TV program do you listen to? Those are choices. That is not predetermined. Now, if you live in a house where someone else is controlling that, then that's a whole other topic we'll probably get to in another episode is how to dilute those messages. But everything is a choice. And so if you want to change your life, you have to change the influences first because you have become like the five people with whom you've spent the most time. Now, that doesn't mean physically spent the most time with. That could literally be who you're allowing in your head every single day. So you're talking earlier about being aware. So how do you change choices? You got to be aware. What did I listen to that caused me to be so depressed? Okay, social media is probably at the top of the list. And we've just come through three years of COVID. And people got sucked into rabbit holes. I'm not saying they weren't true, but I'm simply saying rabbit holes of thought that caused them to be anxious and depressed. And they became almost enemies with people who used to be their friends. Well, that was all choices because you allowed yourself to keep scrolling, keep digging. When you could have put the phone down, you could have shut the computer off. And so everything is absolutely a choice. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but the good news, Linda, is going to be back with us tomorrow. We're going to talk more about the importance of choices and kind of maybe help you get in your life in order, as we all I know want to have a great 2023. I want to encourage you to check out Linda's, Linda's website, lindatupin.com. That's T-O-U-P-I-N, lindatupin.com, and you, she's got lots of great material, a YouTube channel, and follow her on Facebook. you really be blessed. I'm Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today.